Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, I have great news. It is Friday. We are headed into the weekend, but that is not the only great news that I bring. The NFL draft will go on as scheduled. Despite the medical climate in our country, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell sent out a memo to all NFL teams letting them know that the draft will go on as scheduled. So in our first segment, what we are going to do is talk about why that decision was so difficult for the league, the ups and the downs from the Titans perspective as to why they may have wanted the draft push or uh, what the disadvantage to them is that it was not pushed and talk about some of the pros for the NFL and why they decided to keep it on that day. So we will go through that topic in our first segment. In our next segment, I'm going to treat you guys to a Roland's rant and a lot of people are up in arms right now about the Titans offseason. John Robinson isn't doing enough. The Titans are losing too many pieces, not replacing them. I'm just going to take a few minutes and explain why everyone needs to exercise some patience, but also why everyone needs to adjust the dial on their view of how offseasons are going to go now that the Titans are a consistently competitive team. So I will give you a little bit of a rant in our middle segment and then we will cap off a Friday show as we always do with a mailbag. I am going to open up the mailbag and answer your guys' questions. We have a lot of good ones this week, as we always do. Of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Locked On Titans, on whatever platform you do stream, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find the show, and follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, where you can ask those mailbag questions and go ahead and start getting them in for next week right now either way we have a lot to talk about on today's show a lot of topics that are up for debate there are pros and cons on both sides and different ways to look at everything and we are going to break it all down today let's get it memo sent out by Commissioner Goodell, he did confirm that the NFL draft would take place on the scheduled date of April 23rd through April the 25th, despite global concerns about the coronavirus. And there are many different reasons why it makes sense that the NFL would want the draft to go on as scheduled. And the first and most obvious reason that is not only obvious to the fans of the NFL, but is also obvious to their owners, and that's that the world and the country needs something to distract itself from everything that is going on. Not only is it a positive distraction for fans and, and general citizens, but it also creates content for the NFL's network. Also, their television partners, ESPN, who does a draft special, CBS and Fox, and tons of other networks out there that cover sports that will not only get the moments that the draft takes place, but also all of the content that will follow after the draft. So it makes sense for the NFL and for its television partners that they would keep this television event that creates content not only while it's happening, but long after it is done. And that's not the only reason, of course, you don't just want to rely on that, but even Commissioner Goodell acknowledged that that positivity is important 
Morton in the memo, he said, and I quote, I also believe that the draft can serve as a very positive purpose for our clubs, our fans, and the country at large, and many of you have agreed, end quote. So right there, Goodell even acknowledges that that is a part of this decision, and I agree that it should be. Not only that, but the NFL allows itself to stay on schedule. If you push back a certain NFL event on the league calendar, that means that you will consequently have to push back other events, uh, OTAs, mini camps, training camps. Who knows what kind of domino effect you create by pushing back the draft. Now, from the team's perspective, it does make sense that general managers around the league would not like to have the draft go on as scheduled. A lot of things have been delayed. We've seen pro days be canceled. Obviously, right now, teams are not allowed to conduct one-on-one interviews in person. They can't go to the college campuses. They can't go to the hometowns of these prospects and learn more about them and get a deeper knowledge about each individual prospect. They can't get any more medical evaluations from after the combine. At the combine is the last time that a lot of teams had the chance to actually be one-on-one with these prospects. And when you start to look at the draft process, that's only just the beginning. You get the tape from while they're in college. You start getting stories from their coaches, from the people around them in college, but then they meet one-on-one with the actual player. They evaluate them from a medical standpoint at the combine. A lot of these guys were banged up still from the college season. You get to evaluate them again. Think of a very high-profile prospect like Tua Tonga-Vailoa. His medicals at the combine in February are going to be much different than his medicals as we get into April, and now NFL teams won't have the chance to check on that. So it does make sense that general managers and scouting personnel and front office execs around the league would have been in favor of delaying the draft. It does make sense from the general manager's perspective, and when you start to think about the Titans, their scouting staff would want that extra time. Speaking of the Titans specifically... Think about a prospect like Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons had character concerns, not because I think that he is a bad guy, but, you know, the incident he had with the female when he was in high school and the physical altercation, that is something that weighs on a general manager's mind. And the Titans being the organization that they are and the leadership that they get from Amy Adams Strunk, that's not the type of prospect we saw the Titans go after and the type of player and person that we saw the Titans go after. So how do you dispel that sort of thought about someone like Jeffrey Simmons, who not even mentioning his injury issues, tearing his ACL in February. The Titans used these extra meetings, these extra medical checkups. They went and talked to Jeffrey Simmons' family. They went and talked to his coaches. They had him in the building and in the facility and let him meet different people around the organization. That type of activity is what allowed them to feel comfortable enough with Jeffrey Simmons as a person to draft him in the first round of the draft despite an ACL tear and obvious events that happened in his past. So teams won't have that opportunity and it will impact some prospects and where they are drafted and how teams approach certain players. But from my perspective, and I'm sure that you guys will share in this sentiment, I think it is a positive thing that the NFL is going through with the NFL draft. Uh, I can't take the cancellation of sports. It's truly killing me. Uh, I miss basketball. I miss baseball. I miss hockey. So I want sports to come back and 
although I understand why they're gone and I, I get the severity of the issue, it's nice that the NFL will at least still be there for us on schedule, and I do appreciate that. So we are going to go into a Rollins rant, and I'm going to talk about where the Titans currently are in their offseason. There seems to be a little bit of a stir in the fan base about the moves that have taken place so far, so I'm going to talk about where the Titans currently sit, just philosophically speaking, and then also make a general point on the way things are going to be now that the Titans are a good ball club. So going to explain all of that next and everything that led me to this point where I am boiling over and must rant to end the week. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On is a great way for your local business to reach passionate fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants a way to connect with Titans fans and a predominantly male audience, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get a team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Roland's rant. So what could have happened to get my blood boiling enough where I had to rant on a Friday? Well, the impetus for the rant was the signing of Austin Johnson, former Titans defensive lineman who agreed to terms with the New York Giants. And I just saw a ton of Titans fans online saying the sky is falling, panicking and angry with John Robinson for not making more moves, not doing more things to improve the team and losing all these pieces, and and I understand where people who are saying that are coming from. You look at everything that the Titans have lost so far this offseason. Of course, Austin Johnson, who we just spoke about, but Tajay Sharp, LaShawn Sims, Jack Conklin, Marcus Mariota, and then some of the cuts like Deion Lewis, Cam Wake, Delaney Walker, Ryan Suckup, some of the guys who haven't signed to new teams, but probably aren't coming back, like Darren Bates, Wesley Woodyard, and then the trade of Jarrell Casey, which really is sticking in people's crawl, and and I understand that, but at the same time, the Titans have brought back Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, they signed Vic Beasley, they brought back Dennis Kelly, Reggie Gilbert, Nicole Pruitt, Anthony Ferkser, they signed Ty Sambrillo, they signed DeZubnar, I kept wanting to call him DeZumbar, and I had to re-record the podcast a bunch of times because I couldn't help DeZumbar, but it's DeZubnar, and he is going to be an impactful special teams player. The Titans still have around $24 million in salary cap to make more moves, and they have picks in the draft, but it brings me to my 
Two general points. It's a two-prong rant here. I have two points. One, the Titans aren't done yet. There's no way that they would have traded Jarrell Casey to save a bunch of money if they were just going to go out and get Ty Sambrillo, Vic Beasley, and DeZubnar. That, that's not the plan. There are going to be more signings and more players that can fill some of the holes that we all obviously see on the roster, but that's just my immediate point right now, just to have everybody relax for just a second right now, is that the Titans are going to sign more people, okay? They're going to add to the team, and we don't know what's coming next, whether it's trade, whether it's a signing, whether it's draft. We don't know all the ways that John Robinson will look to improve this roster, but has any general manager improved the roster as fast and been as consistent as general manager John Robinson? No. No, they have not. So at this point, I am trusting J-Rob to make smart moves the rest of this offseason. But the real point here, the real critical point here is, again, it's there's two prongs to this subset of a prong. And that is the Titans are going to have to keep money for next year. Think Jonu Smith. Jayon Brown, if you're interested in keeping Corey Davis around whatsoever, well, then there's going to have to be money for that. Derrick Henry is on a franchise tag. If they don't get a long-term deal done, we're going to be right back in the same boat next offseason with Derrick Henry, where most of you will want the Titans to give him a long-term deal. So the Titans have to keep some money for next year when they have a lot of extensions that are going to be due to really good players on this team that are better than some of the players who they let go. And then also, like someone like Tajay Sharp, don't get up in arms about losing Tajay Sharp. He was the third at best fourth best wide receiver on the Titans and it's a deep draft class at wide receiver where they're going to be able to get somebody who's just as good if not better already as a rookie and not so late into their career he was a good fifth round pick but the Titans didn't give up a lot to get him they didn't have to pay him a lot and there are more valuable ways to fill his role so we have to relax the Titans are going to have to keep money for next year so out of the the two prongs that we've talked about one is that the Titans are going to make more signings right now. And then two is another two-parter, where the first part of part two, this is confusing already, but the first part of part two is that the Titans are going to need money for next year, but also, let's just call it a third part. One, two, three. The first part is that the Titans are going to make more signings, so relax. The second part is that the Titans do need to keep some money for all of the extensions and all the money they'll have to pay next year. And then the third point that I want to make, which in my opinion is the most important point of all. Got to take a breath to get ready for it. The Titans are a good football team. They're good. The roster has a ton of talent. There's depth. And I know that we all analyze this team and look at this team every day and we see all the obvious flaws. But generally speaking, compared to the rest of the NFL, the Titans have a damn good football team. And when you have a good team, like the Patriots always do, the Ravens always do, the Packers always do, the Steelers typically do, the Chiefs typically do, when you have teams like that, the Seahawks typically do. When you have teams that are consistently good and every single year are competing for the playoffs and they always can be counted on to be in the hunt, well, they're going to have good players who they can't bring back. Somebody like, again, I'll go back to Tajay Sharp. 
the fourth wide receiver on the Titans, instantly becomes the second best receiver on the Vikings. That's because the Titans have a good football team. And when you have a good football team, you're going to have to let guys walk. There are going to be guys that you're not going to be able to pay. It's just a reality of the situation that the Titans are in now, and it's not a bad one. So you have to sit back and think to yourself that the Titans are such a good team that they can let a bunch of people walk. They can let a top-tier tackle like Jack Conklin walk. They can let Tajay Sharp walk. They can let Austin Johnson walk. These aren't people, well, Conklin is a great player, but the Titans can replace him with the depth and the talent that they already had, like Dennis Kelly. So... As the Titans continue to be a consistently competitive football team, they're going to continue to lose good players. Like, I don't want this to happen, but what if the Titans have to let Jayon Brown walk? That's why they drafted David Long. This comes down to, if you're thinking in your head, the Titans are here to win Super Bowls, it's Super Bowl or bust. Well, I can agree with you on that. Why are we playing the game if not to win Super Bowls? But at the end of the day, John Robinson has to make this team as good as possible and keep them competitive for as long as possible. And that means that you're going to have to let certain guys go and replace them with draft picks because the be-all, end-all of the NFL is the draft. And whether you think they should have kept Tajay Sharp for the price, it was like a million bucks, whether you think they should keep these little pieces for depth, at the end of the day, John Robinson is going to have to draft well. And we're going to have to have cheap people, cheap players on rookie contracts give major contributions to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl, but they got there and they were up by 10 in the fourth quarter. Think of Nick Bosa. Think of Debo Samuel. I mean, those are guys on rookie contracts who produced. They were rookies. And... Every NFL champion that you can look at in the last few years has a few rookies who really produce. They don't have to be starters, but they're role players. And the Titans got that from Amani Hooker and David Long last year, Nate Davis last year, A.J. Brown last year. John Robinson's going to have to keep hitting in the draft as he has been the last few years. And speaking of Austin Johnson, and avoid big misses like his 2016 second round. We're going to talk about that second round more in the coming weeks. I'm going to do a full day where I analyze that draft class and everything that took place, and I'll give you my thoughts, but the point is, there are going to be guys who have to leave, and John Robinson, it's his job to replace those guys with cheap rookies, and he's going to have to evaluate prospects and pick the right ones, and at the end of the day, whether the Titans win a Super Bowl with this core and this group and John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and all of that, it's all going to come down to can the scouting staff and John Robinson replace the depth with talented, young, cheap players. That's what it's going to come down to. All of the best organizations in the NFL have to let quality players walk out the door all the time. And the good part about that is you can get compensatory picks. And again, I'm going to spend an entire segment in a different day talking about the comp pick situation once it's a little more clear for the Titans, once we know a little bit more about how free agency has shook out completely for the Titans. But that's just my rant. I know it was a rant. I'm all over the place, but... 
it's just a lack of foresight to be angry with John Robinson right now. Allow him to finish out the offseason, see what the roster looks like going into training camp, see what the roster looks like going into the preseason, then make your evaluation of the offseason. Also, keep in mind that good teams have to recycle players like this, and they have to draft well, or it doesn't matter anyways. So just everyone relax. That's my final point about that. So we are going to go into the mailbag section of the show. Cap off the show, head into the weekend with your guys' questions. As I said already, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Send your questions in there. Give me a review on iTunes if you have time. Put a question in there and I will get to it as well. But we will get to the mailbag and open that up before we head off into the weekend next. Let's open up the Friday mailbag. First question that I got here was from Josh Merbitz, and he asked, what do you see at the current time as the most likely use of the cap space from letting Casey go? And I kind of talked about that in my rant a little bit, but... I think John Robinson is going to use the $24 million or so just to add more pieces, and that doesn't necessarily mean somebody like Jadavian Clowney, even though I think right now the Titans are holding that cap space trying to trying to get to Clowney. I think that's the case, but they're not the only team in the running, and I don't think they're going to overpay. They have a price point, and they're going to stay with that, and if not, I think John Robinson is more than happy to continue moving forward without Clowney, but if they don't go with Clowney, the reason that they traded Casey is so that they could bring back Logan. Ryan. I, I fully believe that. The Titans aren't going to keep that $24 million despite needing to carry over some and leave a little wiggle room. I don't think they're going to just go forward and not sign any, any other players before we get to the draft or anything like that. So I think that a cornerback is needed, even if they attack in the draft. I want that to be Logan Ryan if Clowney is not signed. But if not, they'll get some sort of veteran cornerback. Um, a lot of people have been asking about backup quarterback. I really think they're going to go with Logan Woodside. I don't think we're going to get a backup quarterback. So I could see the Titans re-signing Logan Ryan or getting a veteran cornerback no matter what. And then I do think that they will use some of that money to add depth to the defensive line. Uh, I think you, you don't want to be going into the draft with a major hole it could get you to reach. And right now I think uh, the defensive line with just Daquan and Jeffrey Simmons, they need another piece in there to fill the Casey-Austin Johnson void. And while I believe in Isaiah Mack, uh, I think the Titans will get a veteran to step in there and, and be part of the rotation. So a corner, a veteran cornerback and defensive line help. That's what I see using that cap space. The next question comes from Kevin Shaventer. Uh, he asked, has your stance on Beasley cooled off since the initial signing after learning more about him? And if so, do you believe we can fully address that need if Clowney goes elsewhere? Well, I would say my it's, it's yes and it's no. My stance on Beasley has cooled off in terms of him as a twitchy edge pass rusher. He was even worse as a pass rusher than, than I thought from my in, just initial readings of his career. I'm obviously not breaking down Falcons tape every week, every year. So I thought that based on the numbers and just based on what I knew about Beasley, that he would be a better pass rusher. As I mentioned in my breakdown in the video and on the pod, he literally has zero pass rush moves. And that was really disappointing. So I'm, I'm, 
cooled off significantly about Vic Beasley as a pass rusher. Uh, he'll need to really learn from Mike Vrabel and the coaching staff to develop some of those moves if he wants to become even close to the pass rusher that I thought he might be. And I didn't even think that he was all that great at that moment in time. Just thought that was the, I thought that was the best quality of his game. I guess, I thought, Beasley as a pass rusher. That was his best quality, and it's not. It is most certainly not. So where I have cooled on him as a pass rusher, I am really hot on him as an, a do-it-all linebacker, more of an Anthony Barr, Kamale Correa type where he can drop into coverage, play off-ball linebacker, do twists and stunts, blitz, play pass coverage, in-run defense, set the edge, take on pulls, take on lead blockers. I'm more impressed by the other aspects of his game than I am with his pass rush skill set and it seems like people know him as a pass rusher, and it just seems like maybe that's not the case unless he can take the teaching and, and develop a lot quicker than he did in Atlanta. So that's kind of how I feel about Vic Beasley so far. Another question I got from my boy Rex Green, Bama Titan 60 on Twitter. Rex, you are the boy. Uh, he asked, I guess we have to be through at offensive tackle. And no, I I don't think that the Titans are necessarily through at offensive tackle. Now, because of the signing of Sambrillo, I don't think that the Titans go offensive tackle in the first round. I think that they see where they're at in the draft, and they know that they're not going to get one of the top five or six offensive tackles. And those are probably the only the offen- those are probably the only offensive tackles that have a first round grade for the Titans. And John Robinson is not going to reach based on need. He would rather eliminate the need with depth and then open himself up the Titans could still go offensive tackle and you know the third round if they trade back you know the second round to the third round if there's a trade back if they trade back from the first round into the middle of the second and want to take an offensive tackle there that makes more sense but I don't think that the Titans will go offensive tackle in the first round now based on on the free agent signings we've seen at the position the Titans aren't going to want to have more than four offensive tackles. So they could pick one up in the draft as a developmental option, but I don't see them doing anything that, but I don't think that they're necessarily through at the position. My next question comes from Philip Motley on Twitter, and shout out to Philip. Had a really good interaction with him on Twitter on Thursday, and also shout out to his wife, who is also a listener of the podcast. I appreciate you both. His first question is about the Ravens stacking their defensive line in the offseason. We saw them get Michael Pierce. We saw them get Calais Campbell. So he said, do you think that our offensive line is currently ready to compete with them and make holes for Derrick Henry. And to that, I say yes. The Titans are going to have four of their five offensive line members, and I have faith in Dennis Kelly as well. So I certainly think, despite the upgrades that the Ravens made on their D-line, which 100% is because they know that they're going to have to stop the run and they weren't able to stop Derrick Henry. That's why they're beefing up that defensive line. The Titans are in a position now, like the Chiefs and the Ravens and some of the other top-tier talent, where you not only have to... NFL, conventional NFL wisdom is you have to scout and plan and draft to win your division. Because if you win your division, you get in the tournament. But the Titans are at a spot right now where they can start to think about how they're going to beat some of the other AFC conference 
opponents like the Ravens and the Chiefs as well. And if they want to take that next step, they got to start thinking on that level. So I do think that the Ravens are stacking that defensive line to deal with the run game of Derrick Henry. But I also do believe in the Titans offensive line and what they established last year and having four starters back, including a pseudo starter like Dennis Kelly, I think that they will do just fine. And then the next question from Philip Motley is about the Locked On Podcast Network in general and how they pick the host for each team's show. Well, there's not one way that it's done. Essentially, it's it's a job application. Uh, I'm not certain how other hosts got the opportunity because I'm only me, but the background of each host is different. Some people are just fans. They were big fans, really popular fans online of their team. People respected their opinions. They've been entrenched in that city for a really long time, and they reached out, or David reached out, David Locke, who does Locked On Jazz, who is the founder of the company and the network in general, so they could have reached out to him, he could have reached out to them, but some people are just general fans of their team. Some people are professionally covering the team, whether they are writing for a local newspaper, writing for a national beat for a national company, or they're being paid to to blog about the team. Some people are not being paid, but are blogging about the team and covering their team. And then through that opportunity, led them to the podcast. So there's a multitude of different ways that, and a multitude of different backgrounds that you could have to get into this. For me personally, uh, I studied journalism in college. Uh, real life happens and you get you know a regular job, not necessarily the one that you dreamed about. But I continued to cover sports in my free time for free. I, I blogged about the team, about the Titans specifically for a few years recently before I had different jobs that I guess took my attention more than jobs before. Uh, in my personal time, me and, and my group of friends had done different multimedia projects that we worked on, uh, different sites, uh, different pages, different groups, different ideas. Uh, I had a great idea that Bill Simmons eventually stole called a streamcast where me and my friends would play Fortnite or NBA 2K. And while we were doing that, we would podcast. Basically, we would talk sports. We would have segments, things like that, kind of combining streaming video games with podcasts. I called it a streamcast. I swear swear I made that up I made that up I'd never seen it anywhere else I'd never seen anybody say it and then two weeks later after we started doing ours on Facebook and at the time you know I didn't quite have the following that I do now because of the podcast so it's hard to get things out that's really if any of you are trying to create content or you have any sort of small business or anything that you're trying to do the hardest part is just getting it out there and getting reach and getting it in front of people's faces so two weeks after I started my streamcast idea with all my friends Bill Simmons was streaming Fortnite on the ringers website calling it a streamcast and talking about sports while he played Fortnite. and uh, you know those are the type of things where you think shucks you know, it was a, a damn good idea. So just defend my honor, guys, uh, When if you ever hear that term in the near future. I still think that is a wave that has yet to be capitalized on streaming while doing a podcast. I, th- I think 
both of those could go hand in hand, and especially with how popular streaming has gotten. But for me, yeah, I just I covered the team in a multitude of different ways. I've been involved with different media projects. I had experience doing radio, um, covering sports, things like that. And then the story was actually pretty great. Um, one day I was having some trouble with my regular, you know, nine to five. And I was kind of down on where I was in terms of covering sports. This is my passion. I mean, I'm sure you guys can feel it over the airwaves. I love this. And I I think I do uh, a good job being as prepared as possible to bring you guys content every day. And I decided to send David a long email when I noticed. And if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, then you know that Jimmy and Terry used to do the show before me. If you jumped on when I was here, there used to be a previous host who did the show, and I noticed that they hadn't done the show in months, and they started doing their new show over on the SB Nation platform, and um, I thought, well, why isn't anyone doing the Locked on Titans podcast? And the idea of the network is that you have a show for every team, so you couldn't just not have a Titan show, so I decided to send David a long email explaining my credentials and how I felt I was the perfect fit for the opportunity. Uh, I did a phone call with him. Uh, it didn't go well, in my opinion. I was incredibly disappointed afterwards. I thought I, you know, I clammed up. I, I didn't do a great job, blah, blah, blah. but it got me another opportunity. And eventually I recorded a, a demo, a demo show, basically what I would do if it were my show, and I remember being so nervous, I, I re-recorded the show a, a bunch of different times, and uh, I didn't have quite the equipment that I have now, I recorded it on GarageBand on my iPhone, and sent it in, and David was impressed, and gave me the opportunity, and we are, I don't know, six to seven months later, and, and here we are, so uh, that kind of leads me into saying I appreciate all you guys and the journey that it's been, and uh, I hope you're enjoying all of the content and everything that I am doing, and I enjoy interacting with you guys all the time. Before we get too sentimental, I got to get us out of the feelings here. One last question here from David Tijerina. He said, who would make a bigger impact for the Titans defense, Logan Ryan with his familiarity and leadership or Clowney with his athleticism. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to go with Clowney on that one. I think that uh, what Logan Ryan provides is incredibly important. I am a staunch Logan Ryan supporter. I want the Titans to bring him back if possible, but I think Clowney adds an extra element of talent to this team and adds to the pass rush with now losing Jarrell Casey. I think it's even more of a big need for the Titans. So I would say Clowney, if I had to choose between the two, they're not equal. The money isn't equal and Clowney may choose to go elsewhere based on other factors. But yeah, when it, if I had to choose between Logan Ryan and Jadavian Clowney, I would put Clowney on this Titans team and see if he can take the defensive line to the next, you know, next level, next tier for this team to hopefully get to a Super Bowl. But that is going to lead us into the weekend, guys. I think it has been, if I do say so myself, an excellent week of content. I mean, we had mock draft Monday. There's been signings that we've gone over. We've reset the Titans cap situation, the film breakdown on Vic Beasley, the conversation on crossover Wednesday with Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons about Beasley, and now our mailbag, a Rollins rant, and a conversation about the draft 
it has been a great week, and I look forward to next week as well. I know I already said it once, but make sure that you're subscribed to the show and that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast going forward throughout the offseason. Now that you're done, go check out the Locked On NFL podcast. It's fantastic as well. Great content over there, and you're going into a weekend. Some people are still locked down in the house. Obviously, we want to be as safe as possible, so if that is you and you are bored, make sure that after this show, you go check out the Locked On NFL show. It is fantastic, but that is going to do it for me for this week. I will be back with you on Monday, Titans fans. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.